With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Geek Therapy Radio. Welcome into Geek Therapy Radio, everybody. You got your mental curator, Johnny Hamburger. I'm doing all right with my podcast a day schedule. Well, five days a week schedule. I'm still not sure what I'm going to do for the broadcast that I need to record by tomorrow. Uh, I'm still working out details with uh, Neil from Retro Man Cave. Maybe I'll see if LGR wants to record anything. We'll see. Maybe Colin from This Does Not Compute. Maybe David Murray, 8-bit guy, wants to come on. We'll see. I'll, I'll have something for the broadcast. Um, but yeah, so Neil is the next one I want to have on from Retro Man Cave. He's, anybody who follows Neil, you know how extremely busy he's been, especially the last few months with his, um, what do you call it, his, his, cop, his tea books, Tea Time technology books. I forget exactly what they're called. I'm not looking at it right in front of me. Retro Tea Breaks. I'm so sorry. But he's got the Kickstarter campaign going on right now. He had a goal of, what does it say right here? $8,439. He has $55,500 so far pledged from over 1,200 backers. Almost 1,300 backers with 13 days to go. Congratulations, Neil, on that. So, regardless, he has been very busy, as you can imagine, but I promise sometime in the near future, I'm going to have Neil on the show from way over there across the pond, at least from Texas, and it's going to be really fun. Come to think of it, one of the best parts about Geek Therapy Radio, one of the the funnest things, I've talked to a lot of people on Geek Therapy Radio, uh, Austin Evans, James Rolfe a couple times, the Angry Video Game Nerd, you know, uh, LGR, Colin, this does not compute... A lot of people look mum, no computer. I've talked to a lot of people on here. And my favorite thing is, especially with guests, I have listeners and guests from all over the world. Israel, Japan, New Zealand, uh, Europe, the UK, all over the world. And it just goes to show you the community of geeks doesn't know borders. There are no borders between geeks. We all have this common bond. We're all passionate about things. We're all... You know, for reference, uh, into old computers, Retro Man Cave, LGR, all over the world. Uh, Dave out there in Japan, I call him a Kiwi from Japan, uh, a Nintendo kind of historian collector. You know, we uh, I, that's one of my most favorite interviews. I talk to people from all over the world. I talk to an Irishman about the Irish struggle, the Irish Civil War, which isn't technically the Irish Civil War. They, they'll, they'll correct you on that, the Irish struggle. What is it called? The Irish sadness, whatever. I talk to people from all over the world. I've done interviews. It wasn't probably the best interview in the world, but way back uh, in 2017 when I went to Italy, I did a podcast or I did a show from in front of the Vatican. You can see the Vatican right behind us. We're on a rooftop in Rome. 
I've been very lucky here. And it's just, I went to Rome, not for any business purposes, just on a, a vacation. Very fun time, but I'm I'm so happy for the international aspect of, of Geek Therapy Radio and the guests I've had on the show, listeners I've had on the show, <clears throat> listeners emailing me from all over the world. It's really a wonderful, wonderful thing. So, the meat and potatoes today, what I'm most excited about today, and if you have been following me today on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook, just Geek Therapy Radio, all over the place, all of those outlets... You'll know that I've been geeking out hard today over my newly acquired 286 and 386 computers. I have acquired, it's like Christmas to me. It feels better than Christmas almost. I have acquired a Compaq Desk Pro 286. Let me see. 286. E, a Compact Desk Pro 286E and a Compact Desk Pro 386S. Many of you know that I am, I have grown up and I am based here in Houston. And Compaq is and was, well, was a Houston-based computer company. A lot of you listening from all over the world have had a Compaq computer or a Compaq laptop, Compaq peripheral of any sort, and it was all based just down the road here in Houston. Matter of fact, uh, the, Dave, the David guy and I, the 8-Bit guy and I, spent a couple days a few months ago exploring Houston, you know, Houston geekiness, and we spent a, a, an hour or so at the Compaq headquarters, chasing not just one of the Compaq headquarters, the, the bank building where they started their office and then their manufacturing when they moved to another part of town, nearby part of town, uh, to open up their big offices and their manufacturing facility. We visited that. So it's, it's all the more meaningful. I've always wanted a two, well, and for recent memory, I have, I have been looking all over eBay and all over the internet, and I have looked inside of Goodwills, and I've been keeping my eye out for specifically a 286. As I convince myself and convince my wife, all I want, I don't want 10 286 computers and then 15 386s and, and a bunch of different models. I just want one good 286 computer. I want one good 386 computer. Then maybe a good 486 computer, one Pentium, one Pentium 2. Like I want just one computer to represent each milestone of computing history. So by far to me, one of the biggest was a 286. I still want a 5150, just a, a regular uh, 8086. Um, but I've got the 286 and the 386 now. And I have just been enjoying it so thoroughly. I, I've, I've been tinkering today with my 286, the 286E that's right behind me and that you've seen so much of on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. For those of you who don't follow, let me just tell you my adventures today. First of all, I will say, here's how I acquired it. Uh, there's my church and a lot of other uh, interfaith churches around the area, so it can be uh, Jewish synagogues, it can be uh, the Catholic Church, anything like that. It's it's multi-religion, but they all r operate 
this kind of uh, resale shop co-op thing. It's called the Braze Interfaith uh, Resale Shop or the Braze Resale Shop. It's in, on Post Oak here in Houston. And Ryan, one of the people who almost single-handedly runs the shop with a lot of help, but he is there all the time. Just a great guy, great friend. I told Ryan several months ago, I said, hey, if you are get called to an estate, because a lot of times they get their items from uh, estates, people pass away and then leave the estate to, to charity and such, and they and, uh, Braze Resale will come in there and get furniture and maybe some clothing, not, not so much now during coronavirus, but uh, anything kind of valuable, and sell it, not that valuable, because it's selling to people who are underserved and underprivileged. So a dining room table for $50, whereas anywhere else it'd be $500. You know, it's a resale shop. I told them to keep an eye out for old computers, specifically a 286 or a 386 or a 486 or a Pentium, just any old computer, because while people like me in uh, the retro computing community are very passionate about those machines, most people, most of the population aren't and wouldn't know what exactly they were looking at. Or if they found an old computer from 1986, they would just toss it or recycle it or something like that. Because uh, who, I, how can you blame them? It's an old computer that's no good to anybody in, in the modern world. So a lot of these computers just get drunk. It just get drunk. A lot of these computers just get junked or put in a landfill or hopefully recycled. So I asked Ryan to specifically, because he's a smart guy, he's a techie guy, I said, keep your eye out. You ever come across a 286 or a 386 or a 486? Any computers from the, I would say, from the 70s, 80s, early 90s, just let me know. And of course he did, several months later, <clears throat> he calls me up, texts me rather, and says, hey, I've got a 286 and a 386 and a Pentium and a Pentium 2 and an AMD X64 and a bunch of other vintage stuff from an estate. There was a, a gentleman who died, I believe, who was a computer programmer, and he had all of these computers. Now, fast forward to what I've been tinkering with today, the 286, the 286E specifically, Compact Desk Pro 286E. This thing <clears throat> is in immaculate condition. I, when I opened it up, and I'm working on a video that I'm going to put on the Patreon, it's going to be a Patreon exclusive of my first time exploring this 286 computer. When I first opened it up, I was expecting this is things. This is going to be filled with cobwebs. This is going to be disgusting. There's going to be rust everywhere. There's going to be cobwebs and probably dead insects inside there. I was expecting the worst because I was fully going to clean it up and see if I could fix it up, recap it, whatever. I opened it up, other than a little bit of dust, it is pristine, and I absolutely lucked out with this one. It is in such, such great shape. It has a 40 megabyte hard drive. Let me go over the specs a little bit, and then I'm going to turn it on for you. For those of you who aren't following on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, I'm going to put the microphone down next to it and turn it on and let you hear all the glorious noises it makes. It's so smooth. It's like a fine running car. So the specs, it's got one megabyte of total system RAM. Uh, it's got the 40 megabyte hard drive. 
and I'm still seeing what all specs it has, but it has three disk drives. Or actually, sorry, two disk drives. It has a, a five and a quarter, 1.2 megabyte floppy drive. It's got a three and a half inch, 1.44 megabyte floppy drive, and it has a 40 megabyte tape drive. And they all appear to be functioning. Well, they all appear to be functioning. I haven't been. I haven't. I've only had it at work, and we don't have floppy disks here at work. So I'm going to get and go home and at least test it with my three and a half inch floppy disks. Uh, I don't have any five and a quarters, but that will change soon. But I plugged them all back in when I first opened the case. It looked like only the tape drive was plugged into the IDE cable and to the Molex power. So I plugged the other two IDE cables into the other tape drive into the other disk drives and the in the power adapters into them rebooted the system or to, you know turned the system back on and they all went through their self checks perfectly and sounded great i'm a little confused as to what version of dos i am officially running and i'll explain one screen says that welcome to setup version 6.22 and it's a it's in the DOS folder, and you type setup, and it says version 6.22, okay. But then when I do another system, uh, just a, like a system check, just a run through of all the system specs and parameters and install drives and everything, it says what is it? It says DOS operating system uh, found. What is it? I've got it right here. I'm sorry. Play, you silly Billy. DOS 3.31 is what another file checker system info thing says. So I'm not sure, 3.31 or 6.22. My suspicion, though, just based on the fact that it's got <clears throat> the 1.2 megabyte 5 and a quarter drive and the 1.44 megabyte 3.5 uh, inch drive, that it's DOS 6.22. Now, I am not a profession I am not an expert at Microsoft DOS, but I do know that 6.22 definitely supports formatting five and a quarter inch disks up to 1.2 megabytes, if not more, with compression and three and three and a half inch disks to 1.44 megabytes. Earlier versions of DOS don't support that type of disk formatting. Does DOS 3.31 support it? Off the top of my head, I don't know. That seems like a pretty early version, so part of me says I wouldn't be surprised if it wouldn't, but I know that 6.22 definitely does, and I know that the drives definitely support their maximum formatted uh, disk usage. So I'll have to reconfirm and I'll let everybody know what version of DOS I'm actually running here. So again, I'm just talking about the 286. There are no ISA cards installed on it. I've got a few things in my eBay cart. I've got a Sound Blaster, 16-bit Sound Blaster card in the eBay cart, and I've got a, a one megabyte graphics card in the eBay cart that I'm going to add to the system later on. I haven't, I haven't bought them yet, obviously. The motherboard does have integrated graphics, integrated VGA graphics. They obviously work. I've been recording videos and such. You know, I've plugged a monitor into it. It, it works. Uh, but what I'm going to do now is go get the power cable for this thing, and I'm just going to power it on and let you hear the glorious noise of a... Uh, when does this computer come out? I think it, er, mid-80s. I think 1988 was when this one was purchased, if I'm not mistaken. 
It's 80s, baby. Either way, it's 80s, baby. And I'm going to turn it on for you to hear on the podcast just how smooth this thing operates. Stand by. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not directly in front of the microphone. I've got the microphone aimed at the computer. So let's flip on that clunky power switch and do the smoke test. Three, two, one. so nice sounds like a vacuum cleaner sounds more intense because i had the microphone right up to it but it's not a quiet machine by any stretch i wonder if i can put in a new modern fan let me tell you what i'm going to do to it first and then we're going to go over the cost as far i mean not what i paid for it but what it was what it costs back in the 80s when it was first released and with inflation what it would cost now but first, the simple things I in, intend to do to this is replace the hard drive, hired drive, with a compact flash. You can get IDE to compact flash adapter, and that'll quiet things down quite a bit and give you all the more storage and faster access to the storage and easier ability to swap, you know, compact flash storage between the 286 and a modern PC to pull, you know, Word files and whatever else off of there. Um. And put a quieter fan in there. And I think when you get rid of the hard drive noise and make it a quieter fan situation, you will make it dramatically, dramatically more quiet. So those are the two simple uh, upgrades I want to give to it. I want to keep, of course, it's going to keep all the nostalgia of, of an 80s computer. But there are some things I'm willing to concede in in the year 2020 as far as a couple of ease of use things. I'm not getting rid of the 40 megabyte hard drive. I'll still have it around in case I want to plug it in and feel really nostalgic. But for day-to-day -day use, I would rather have it based on solid-state storage and have a quieter fan in there. So those are the only reasonable upgrades I'm going to do to it. And it's nothing that's going to be visible really from the outside. I might have uh, the compact flash to IDE adapter on a bracket to sit in one of the ISA slots on the back, but effectively it's still going to be a beige 286 computer. So okay, the cost. I have the inflation calculator up here and I have a little uh, a document that from computinghistory.org.uk that states that the Desk Pro 286E model number 2551 came out, uh, was released from Compaq in 1987. The Desk Pro was first introduced, the Desk Pro 286 was first introduced in 1985. The Desk Pro 286E, which is what I have, apparently came out in 1987, according to what I'm looking at right here. Now, in 1987, this computer cost as much as 
hundred. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. $3,600. Adjusted for inflation, sorry about the mouth smacking, adjusted for inflation in 2020, it would be as if this computer cost $8,169.62. Today, this computer would cost $8,169.62. That is Mac Pro territory. What can you configure? I think you can configure a Mac Pro to darn near 50 grand. I believe is that right? It's way over twenty. It's way over thirty, but I, you can you can get into a Mac Pro definitely for way less than that. So I'm just saying eight thousand dollars. What can you? What kind of computer can you get for eight thousand dollars today? Well, in 1987, for eight thousand dollars, you could get a Compact 286e, Desk Pro 286e. <laughs> so there's, I looked at eBay. I was. A, scrolling around eBay to see what if I can find any of these uh, Desk Pro 286Es on eBay and really I couldn't let me let me type it in here I'm just going to type in 286E that's it actually that's probably not really a good search result let's do compact compact space 286E <sighs> I see a power supply unit for $34 or so I see some software I see some mobile computers. I'm not seeing any, as of right now, recording. I'm not seeing any Desk Pro 286Es. I see a Desk Pro 286 here, the first model. The Desk Pro 286, it says $370 or best offer. If I were to wager a guess, just a, a, a guesstimate, as to what this 286 is worth right now, this Desk Pro 286E is worth, I would put it probably between three and $500, probably. Although this is in really, really, really good shape, so it might be a little more, it might be actually kind of closer to $500. I have, no, I have no idea, nor do I have any intention of selling it anyway, so I don't really care how much it's worth on eBay if they ever show up. I'm not finding any of my exact model on eBay, so it's hard to tell. I can find its predecessor, and that's going for, what's this guy asking? The only one I'm seeing on here, what did I just say, $370 or OBO, or best offer? But, in today's money, $3,600 is about $8,169 today. Isn't that crazy? So, I guess I'll start wrapping it up with why what I plan to do with this thing, I already told you, you know, kind of the upgrades I'm going to do to it as far as the compact flash adapter and a quieter fan. But what am I actually going to use it for? Well, first and foremost, just to tinker with, just to authentically play old DOS games, just to authentically run Windows 3.1. I'm going to see if I can get Windows 95 working on this. I Something tells me 98, maybe 95 also, 
But 98 might be more of a struggle that there's some instruction sets that 286 processors don't have that maybe Windows 98 requires. Don't quote me directly on that. I'm going to see what I can do with it. But that's kind of my point. I'm going to make discoveries and, and, and learn things with this machine. First and foremost, just to tinker with. And to have it part of my collection. I've just always wanted a 286. And now I have a 286 and a 386. I have not even begun to test a 386. I'll do that when I get home tonight. I'll let you know in the next podcast, most likely. I'll let you know soon how the 386 fares. The case of the 386 has some junk on it, like coffee or, or something. It looked like some liquid touched it. I hope it didn't get too far down into it. But I'll just I'll I'll look at that. I'll look at that when I when I get home and I'll do the smoke test and see if it works. So back to the 286. Yes, I wanted to collect it. And yes, the biggest reason is I just want to tinker with it and play old DOS games with it. But I also, and you know what? We'll see if this actually kind of pans out. If I actually use it for this purpose that I think I tell myself I'm going to use it for. I wouldn't mind using it as a word processing machine. So typing scripts to YouTube videos or, or typing whatever, just use it as a as a word processor, especially when I quiet it down a little bit and just go through the nostalgic process of saving Word documents to a three and a half inch floppy disk and then taking that floppy disk over to my 12 core Ryzen 9 beast mode PC and uh, loading up my Word documents from there. And I have a USB to, to floppy drive, so that's that's no problem. But just the idea of using it in some sort of functional way. And, and the reason I, I say that and why it's kind of a fanciful idea in my mind is if I really want to focus, let's say I want to write a script or something and I just really want to focus, I don't want to be word processing on a computer that has instant access to Facebook and YouTube and Spreaker and whatever else I can distract myself, Ars Technica, anything else I can distract myself with on the internet. I can't distract myself with YouTube on a 286 computer running Windows 3.1, can I? <laughs> I mean, I can distract myself with Solitaire and Minesweeper and Ski Free and DOS games that, sure, but going down a YouTube rabbit hole on a 286 machine is I'm just going to go ahead and say it's impossible, impossible to go to get onto YouTube with a 286 computer and have it function in any sort of usable way. So it's a computer that is not hooked up to the Internet that I can do focused writing on. There's just something nostalgic. There's something it's kind of. It, it's kind of like an instrument. No, buying a fifty, you know, a five thousand dollar guitar is not going to make you a better guitarist. But a good instrument can inspire you, can inspire more creativity out of you. And with a computer, typing up a document on a two eighty six that has load times and you have to wait for, it, and it's a way more deliberate type of machine everything you do about it is deliberate you fire it up and you're not just on your windows desktop you gotta wait a little while it takes a little bit of finessing and that's one of the the appeals to me and i like saving files to a three and a half inch floppy disk and then ex ejecting that floppy disk and then putting it in to my uh you know my ryzen 9 build and yeah, continuing it from there 
you know, even though it's a 286, when you're using Microsoft Office, even in Windows 3.1, or maybe if I get Windows 95 running, you can still save it as documents that are openable and readable in any modern PC, even in 2020 in Microsoft Office or Microsoft Word. So you have you have compatibility between the two machines. And I just thought of this as I'm wrapping it up here. Maybe one of the biggest reasons, the biggest reasons I wanted to collect some old computers from when I grew up is that the world is going to be so incredibly different for my son when he's born this year than when daddy was growing up. And when he's got his virtual reality glasses on and he's Googling things just with his mind and levitating things and anti-grav and he exists in a Ready Player One universe and high speed, instant internet, instant speed internet and gaming in 8K and 16K and tablets as thin as, you know, paper, whatever the future of technology holds, by my preserving at least bits and pieces and representatives of computing technology from the glory days of computing from the maybe as early as the 70s if i can get my hand on something like that uh through the 80s so the commodore 64 the 286 that i just acquired and then onto the 386 and 46 and pentium but i can go back to the 286 machine and say son this is what daddy used not to make it sound like I have it so much harder than he does, but just to kind of help help him always keep a, a perspective, at least a healthy knowledge of computing history and that things weren't always so instant access. Because the first thing he's going to ask me is, how do you get on the internet with this? Oh boy, son. Oh boy. Let me tell you about getting on the internet with a 286. You mean it's just, you can't just get on Facebook? No, you cannot. You <laughs> just telling the stories of, Mom, don't use the phone. Well, I try to play Doom with my friend who lives a neighborhood away over dial-up with a dial-up modem. And that was convenient back then. That was the future back then. There are people who, while we were using a dial-up modem, were saying, you know, remember when we had, used to have to put the actual phone down on a receiver and you could send information to each other at like 24 baud or 1200 baud, 1200 bits per second. If you wanted to send a three-page report to your boss, it would take hours. And you literally had to hope no one walked by the phone and, and talked too loud because it would interrupt the data stream. My son won't even be able to fathom that world, and that's not something that even I had to experience. But me using a 14K dial-up modem to play Doom matches with my friend who lived less than a mile away and just crossing your fingers and hoping and praying that it worked, that you had your connection. It, a brother or sister would pick up the phone somewhere else in the house, and you hear this little voice coming out the back of your computer. Do you remember this? Those of you old enough to remember, do you remember this? Hearing a little voice coming out of the back of your computer and knowing that your mom had picked up the phone and was like, what's this? What's this noise? What's going on here? Mom, hang it up. And your gaming session gets interrupted. <laughs> the glory days. And I'm going to be able to tell my son about all of that. And he's going to be able to put his hands on and touch and experience and use technology from that era. Whereas most of his contemporaries won't. 
They'll grow up in homes with no clue. They might hear about it. They might be able to Google it. But my son's going to be able to touch it and use it. And maybe if he gets so inspired and maybe bit by the bug, I will have ensured that this technology will be preserved for yet another generation after my generation leaves the earth. That if I can inspire him somewhat to at least preserve it, not that he's going to have to use a 286 in the year 2060. Maybe he could if he, you know, keeps takes good care of it. Year 2070, 2080, man, my son's going to be born in 2020. Let's say he lives 100 years. He's going to live to the year 2320. Isn't that nuts? If my son becomes is 90 years old, not 2320, what am I talking about? <laughs> 2120, if he lives to be 100. If he lives to be 90, which is reasonable, he'll live to the year 2110. And you know what he might still have in his possession? Daddy's 286E. From Compaq, from a company that existed way over a hundred years ago. That excites me. That thrills me to think. And that's the reason why those of us who are geeks about vintage computers, that's why we do what we do. We preserve it in hopes that the next generation will take the candle and run with it. Take the baton and run with it. Use our candle to light a new fire and spread it. Spread the love for these computers. At least maintain enough of a community that preserves them for the next hundred years after them. My son, whenever he has a, a son or a daughter, if he has a son or a daughter, that they take grandpa's 286 and preserve it another hundred years. And then their kids and their kids. And they can tell a story. This was great-great-grandpa's computer. It's a 286. It still works. We've kept it running. Still works. Remember that episode of South Park? Not to get too sidetracked, where Cartman freezes himself. Because <laughs> he's tried to get the new Nintendo GameCube. And he freezes himself for too long. Or the Wii. What is it? Yeah, the Wii. He freezes himself for too long, and he winds up like a thousand years in the future. And... <laughs> The we has come and gone in the future generations are like, we don't have any, there, there's nothing around that can play this. There's no hookups or connectors or interfaces that can play this thing because Carmen wasn't patient. He lost out on it. That's also a good episode because it's, it paints the picture that a world devoid of religion is not a world devoid of conflict. That this idea that if you just get rid of religion, then you fix all the world's problems. Nope. It was this group of atheists that had a different idea from the other group of atheists, and they were constantly at war with each other. And just kind of like, it's the whole thing. Humans are always going to be fighting about things. Not to get sidetracked, but it it's a good episode. Hopefully in the next 300 years or so, whenever the first USS Enterprise takes off in the next 300 years or so, Johnny Hamburger's 286E is still working. And they'll carry it off to our nearest star. But it starts with me. It starts with us being passionate about 
vintage computers and retro technology, what we call retro technology. Somebody has to pass the torch. Somebody has to keep the flame going. And I'm happy to keep the flame glowing, the flame going, especially when it's still somewhat functional in the year 2020. You know, it's hard to find floppy disk drives, USB floppy disk, right? I mean, but they're still around. They're still somewhat functional in 2020. You do not want a daily drive, a 286 or a 386 or a Pentium or anything. I would say you don't want to, you don't want a daily drive. And this is a stretch even. You don't want to daily drive anything below Windows XP. Daily driving Windows 98 SE. I don't see how, with everything being so cloud-based, you would have to be a, comp a, a programming genius, a whiz at programming to get, you know, Dropbox clients and protocols working on a Windows 98 machine. It's not plug There's so much. And I, so I would say maybe, man, maybe Windows 7. Windows XP is getting really long in the tooth now, and it might be hard to maintain a Windows XP PC as a daily driver. I mean, rely 100% on Windows XP. You would need possibly Windows XP 64-bit and stay on top of it and would require some tinkering and maintenance and workarounds, but I think possibly you could do it if you were a masochist. Windows 7 as a daily driver would be way easier, of course. We don't talk about Windows 98, or sorry, we don't talk about Windows 8, and now we're at Windows 10, and it's going to be very fascinating going from Windows 10 way back to Windows 3.1 or earlier, or not even using Windows, just running software and DOS. I'm so stoked, so stoked to continue tinkering with this 286E. It's, oh, I'm so happy about that. Anyways, thank you for listening. You are worthy of love, both giving and receiving love. You are also worthy of your own self-confidence, in your self-worth, in your value. So just lean into your geek things. Share your geek things with others. Share the joy. Share the joy that you have for your geek thing with others. Just share some share joy. Just share joy. We need we need joy now. We need joy now more than ever. And if your joy comes in the form of an old 286 full of cobwebs, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm so happy to be a geek and I hope you are all happy to be a geek because it always means we have something to look forward to and be inspired by and be intrigued with. Can't imagine living in the world where all we do is consume social media and get bummed out about things. I want to live in a world where I'm excited to explore things. Where I can't wait to get off Facebook and fire up a 286 or paint or make music or write scripts for movies that you may or may not ever film or get around to doing or tinker with audio things, soldering irons, screws and ratchets and, and hammers and cars that don't work that you're fixing. I love looking forward to these types of things. I love tinkering with things. I love being a geek about all sorts of things because that means I'm never bored. I, I am never bored. It's a wonderful way to live your life, I think. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to Geek Therapy Radio Podcast. Take care. I love you all. See you tomorrow. <laughs> 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.